Welcome to a very special co-working, a podcast about what makes co-working special. And this month's guest is Justin Porch from Calvary Co-Work in California. The interesting thing about Justin is that I, I met him, he met him uh, on LinkedIn uh, looking at a co-working event in Canada. So I expected him to be in Cannes and he was like, oh, I'm from California. I'm like, you went a long way. Oh, maybe the, the event was live. Uh, Justin, we talk more about this. And what I really like about Justin and about what he was talking at that Canadian co-working conference is that uh, he's in the middle of nowhere. Always like when it's the middle of nowhere. Maybe he's going to say, oh, there's a lot of activities going on here. Uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, for example, I love kayaking or whatever we'll talk about kayaking later and uh and i love what's a bit different what's a bit atypical and i believe when you're in a rural area a smaller town maybe even the countryside you're not the typical co-working space that is in a big city so i want to talk more about this about uh people uh starting to kind of crazy project because i believe just a normal co-working space is crazy enough so in a rural space it's even more uh, even crazier so justin thank you for being with us uh this month absolutely thank you for having me fanny appreciate uh being able to come on the show uh, i was saying uh that uh well, it's a it's a crazy idea, but I was also saying that maybe this it's the middle of nowhere. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Is there so much activity going around in Kernville? You know, I was I was talking to somebody about um, what the definition of rural is. Everybody mm. has a different different definition, and my favorite yes. one is it's always somewhere smaller than you are. So if you if you live Ooh. in a big city, the rural is like that little town that's a little bit outside the city. If you're in that little mm -hmm. town, then it's the people that are up in the hills. If you're up in the hills, it's that person. Rural means that person that's like way out there on his own little like homestead, right? So um, yeah, we're we're definitely rural. Um, if you're if you're wanting to get to um, you know the next uh, large town that has all the larger um, uh, larger shopping chains and all that, you got you have to go about an hour to an hour and a half. So um, we're uh, for a little more context. We're in Southern California, up in the uh, heart of the Sierra Nevadas. We're surrounded by the Sequoia National Forest, and the Sequoia, Na Sequoia National Park is just north of us. Um, we've got the uh, the Kern River flows right through uh, this area, and I refer to a lot as the Kern River Valley as this this area that we live in. Um, in fact, I can walk across the street and go whitewater kayaking on my lunch break, and none of my coworkers would know the difference. And then we've got Lake Isabella is is right here. That's what the, the community is centered around, is around the lake. Yeah, lake so really surrounded by beautiful nature. And you know, it makes so much sense what you were saying, because uh, I remember, uh, so one of my first jobs was in Brussels. It's the capital of Belgium, my home country. And I was working with Parisians there, so people coming from Paris. And they were saying how, how refreshing Brussels is, because it's not as big as Paris, so it's a bit more chill. And I was laughing so hard, because uh, my uh, uncle at that time was coming from Bastogne, so it's really in the forest, like small town in the forest. And he was uh, going to Liège, my hometown, which is the city, 
smaller than Brussels, but still a city, and saying how stressful it was, and that he couldn't even think about going to live in Brussels because how stressful it would be. I was working with those people from Paris saying Brussels is so much, uh, so chill compared to Paris. So it's as you're saying, it depends on where you're coming from, actually. Uh, totally. But I guess, totally. I guess when you, how long have you been doing uh, managing co-working in Kernville? Um, so actually our soft opening was middle of February, six years ago. So we're, we're, we're right about our six year anniversary. Um, yeah. and we've been in this particular building, uh, for about three years now. Okay. So, so you decided to change at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting in a, in a small town because, um, mm -hmm. If even if you are familiar with co-working, which back in 2018 it 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 was out there, but it wasn't mm. very it wasn't super mainstream. Um, but nobody comes to a small mountain town and expects to see a co-working space. So uh, whether you're a local or whether you're coming in to visit, um, nobody's nobody's googling for co-working. Nobody's if you if you need a place to work, you you look up a coffee shop. And mm -hmm. so uh, our first building, um, I really love the layout and I really love the vibe, but it wasn't visible. Nobody would drive past it. So now our new location, yeah. it's smaller and it's, it's, it's cozy, uh, but we're right on the main street. And so everybody, it becomes kind of the center of town, which is uh, really cool. Cause that's really what we want to be is we want to be kind of the cornerstone of, uh, of the business community here. Yeah. I imagine all businesses are some kind of center in the main road or just next to it. And, that's about it. And if you want to be seen, you need to be there because that's where people stop for shopping and look around and will notice you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the reasons that we, we built mm -hmm. um, this co-working space, and there's, there's a number of reasons, yes. but one of them is we wanted to take people because this is one of the, the main economic drivers in this area is tourism, especially the whitewater industry. Um, mm -hmm. And so we wanted to take people that would normally be able to come up for two or three days. But if they had a place to work out of, maybe they spend 10 days or 20 days. And then maybe eventually they'll look around and say, why am I driving back to my sardine can? Why not live here and work here and play here, spend my money here, but still get my paycheck from LA, yeah. San Francisco, Silicon Valley. So what that's done is by being on the main stretch, everybody is coming up to camp. Everybody is coming up to go whitewater. Everybody is coming up to um, check out the local businesses they they see our as they're coming around the corner our signs like right in front of them so they can't miss it so we've ended up getting a lot of business a lot of day passes from people coming in um mm -hmm. just like, oh man i was trying to figure out how i was going to do my last meeting before i you know before yeah. i started my weekend so uh, we get a lot that's of that that's what i'm thinking some people might think okay i want to go for the weekend starting on friday but i have that meeting so i have to take that meeting but maybe uh, my partner and the kids they can go do something else while i have that meeting exactly. but i need somewhere not a coffee shop somewhere to to have it and that's where you come in yeah, and we get a lot of people that um, they'll they'll drive up their RVs or their trailers, and they think, oh, I'll mm -hmm. just I'll just work out of my trailer for a few days, and they realize once they get up here and they've got the kids running in and out, and they've got the the spouse that's in there yeah. doing things, they realize that they really need a spot to work. So um, we we definitely uh, it's 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 been one of those things where you have an idea that something's going to happen a certain way, um, and certainly not all of our like theories have worked out. 
but yeah. this is a good example of one that like uh, it really it has come to pass that we we thought that we would see this and, and we and we are and so that's been really cool yeah yeah just to to come back so you're saying it started in 2018 but that you don't usually see a co-working space so people would know and usually knew about co-working space before uh but not so much in a small town what gave you the idea to start one because yeah. you could have you could have thought that it wouldn't work because uh there's no market for it yeah um and in rural co-working yeah i think in in Europe, the uh, rural co-working had had a lot uh, gotten a lot further by that point, um, and in Canada as well. Um, here in the in the United States, uh, we weren't seeing as much, and I didn't even know about it. I had a friend who was starting a co-working space, uh, or I had a friend who was doing a lot of projects down in Bakersfield, and I was talking to him one day, and he said, "Oh, we're going to start a co-working space." I said, "What's a co-working space?" And so he introduced me to the concept, uh, and they started Mesh Co-work in Bakersfield. It's still going. I, I love that place, and I try to support them however I can. Um, and I saw what it was, I saw what it could do, and it really seemed to me that that could be the co-working could be the vehicle for the kind of change that I wanted to see in in the community that I live in. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm I'm the seventh generation of my family to live in this area, so. Um, Okay. You know, this is that just was a way my next question. Kind of Have you up. always been living there and had projects for your town and co-working became part of it, or did you come here for for co-working or? Like, no. Yeah, yeah. So I I I was born and raised here. Um, I moved out. I lived mm -hmm. in Sacramento for about ten years, which mm -hmm. is also in California, but. For those that don't understand the scale, I can drive at, at freeway speed from here to Sacramento. It takes about six hours, so it's a it's a it's a good ways away. Um, and uh, I lived there for about ten years, and I ended up getting this really great remote job doing web development, and I could live anywhere I wanted to. And me and my wife looked at a lot of different places. We looked at a lot of different options, a lot of different states, and I couldn't think of anywhere where you could have the same kind of outdoor opportunities here because we've got like i mentioned world-class white water world-class mountain biking um, mm -hmm. rock climbing fly fishing um, hiking camping uh, so lake very sports. big for outdoor activities and tourism. so much mm -hmm. so um yeah so we moved back um and i i had been moved back for a few years when um, when we decided to you know i was just sitting there working <laughs> working in my little home office, looking out my window mm -hmm. at this playground that we have and uh, thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if more people had access to this? And yeah. so um, that was that was kind of the start of it. Um, you know, wanted to create more opportunities, wanted to create a place where remote workers, you know, that are working for different companies, but doing the same type of work where they could really get to connect to each other and, and get that water cooler talk that you miss out on when you're um, when you're working remotely. Um, yeah, there's kind of a lot of reasons for it, but um, it was it really came out of um, out of really loving the place where I live and wanting to mm -hmm. find a way of of helping to improve the place that I live. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I'm thinking you could have done something for tourists again because co-working is a bit in the middle. You were talking about before how people can come a bit longer, discover the place, and maybe think about moving out. So this also this, uh, this idea of appealing to future locals and uh, increasing the community, isn't there? Yeah, um, and that's 
that's been something that's been really interesting. You know, again, we had this theory uh, that it would cause people to to move up here and that we would be serving our future locals. I like the way you put that. Um, and and we've been seeing it every single every single summer. It's always interesting at the end of the summer to see how many people stick around because they found a community that uh, that they could they fell in love with and they realized that they can work here and that there are other people that work here the same way they do and that they can connect with these people. And so that's um, that's been really cool. Um, and yeah, we, there, there's other things we could have done, but in terms of really getting at the heart of of some of the change we want to see in this area, because um, like I said, mm -hmm. the economy is very tourism dependent and a lot of that is whitewater. Uh, but lately with, with climate change and with some of these really, yeah. really long droughts, um, when there's not snow on the mountains, then there's not water in the river. And when there's not water in the river, our, our economy really, really suffers. And yeah. so by bringing up more of these people that are getting importing their paychecks from outside of the valley, mm. Uh, the idea is that that's going to help provide a little bit more of an economic base and it's going to mm. create a foundation for, you know, maybe some startups, maybe some other types of activity that aren't so dependent on um, developing other industries, not being as dependent on uh, exactly. climate as you are adapting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. No, that's, that's really Often a co-working starts with your own experience. As you were saying, you look through the windows and you're like, oh, this is such a great view. I would love to uh, make it available for more people. And that's good enough for a reason, but you went beyond and thought about your whole community and the whole life there and how it's going to be in the future. Because as you were saying, uh, you cannot just depend on one industry. You have to diversify your investment. Huh? So, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that was the goal, and at the beginning, you started in 2018. You, you were saying you have a peak in summer, and some people stick around the rest of the year. And how has it evolved until now? I guess there was that huge change with all the lockdowns and everything. Was it a, a good uh, a silver lining for you or not so much? Well, um, yeah, that it's so complicated because there's so many, um, so many Variables. ups and downs through all oh, that. Yeah. Um, one thing is, is I, I, I was telling everybody that would listen that, mm -hmm. look, you don't have to live where you work anymore. Now we live in an mm -hmm. age where you can work where you want to live. Yes. Um, and and I, I've been telling people I, I'm a really good evangelist because uh, I've been telling everybody this. And then all of a sudden at the beginning of 2020, everybody figured it out at the same time. So I'm, I'm going to take credit for that one. Um, but we uh, so it was really helpful in that. The people really started to understand remote work or mm -hmm. at least become more accustomed to it. Nobody was doing remote work the right way. Um, and that's what led to a lot of burnout. And that's what led to a lot that's of... That's what I was uh, saying. It's not remote work. It's work under quarantine. And it's totally different. It's like you were yeah. saying, uh, working from your mobile home or I don't know how you call it. And you imagine how it's going to be. And then you imagine yourself at home working with your spouse, with your kids. It's not going to work because uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a big mess. Yeah. And so, but at, at the very least... People mm -hmm. got introduced to it. They figured out that it was possible. And they also learned about um, other ways of doing work, like co-working. 
And so all of a sudden, I, every, I went from 2019, everybody that walked in the door, I had to explain to them what co-working was every single time. Yeah. And then um, post-pandemic, all of a sudden, everybody understood. And so now we're, now we're starting the conversation yeah. with, oh, great, you understand it. Now let's, now let's talk about how, how you connect with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was certainly a hard time for everybody. Um, you know, we had a few uh, we had a few essential workers, and so here in California, uh, essential workers could work in an office, and we put them like twenty feet apart, and we had all sorts of uh, all sorts of safeguards. Um, but even our members that weren't coming in were still paying. Um, nobody stopped nobody stopped their memberships, wow. which was really helpful for us. Um, that's the only way that we we made it through. Um, and um and yeah it's it's part of being in a a tourist town is like covid was was certainly a roller coaster but then every every summer and every winter is a roller coaster because we get we become very full in the summer we get a lot of people that just move up for the summer we have a lot of people that will come up and work as whitewater Mm -hmm. raft guides on the weekends but during the week they're accountants and marketers it's a really interesting phenomenon um but then, uh, you know, uh, during the winter, everybody kind of, uh, you know, the economy slows down, um, you know, people's income slow down, and all of a sudden, we're we're trying to really make it work. And we're a very, very tiny co-working space, so we're only 1,300 square feet here. Um, I wish I could convert that to square meters in my head, but I can't. I, I wish to, but I'm never able to do it. I still have issue with inches. And my computer is in inches, but uh, that's all I know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. How, how many people can be in the room? Um, we can, we're, we're feeling pretty full at about uh, 15 or 16 people. So it's not a very mm-hmm. big space. Um, and we are working on... Um, the next stage is we're we're going to be building a much larger community hub that's going to have a lot more space. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second, I have something that's not muted. There we go. Um, so we are working on um, on that. So for us, the fluctuation between summer and winter uh, is 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 pretty drastic when it comes to like yeah. our revenue for sure. Mm-hmm. Have you, I'm just thinking out loud. Have you thought about having a temporary space uh, during summer? Or is that yeah. something not possible because everything is full in summer anyway? Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I I think we've been able to make it work. It it usually ends up being like a few days a few days per summer where I'm taking some of my most like loyal and most forgiving uh members and asking them to like work on the couch or or like you know share a table in the conference room. Yeah. Um but that doesn't happen very often. But given our, our, our momentum, we may end up needing that um in the uh we may end up needing that this next summer. Um or a very big sure. terrace, you know, if yes. if the weather allows it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's uh, the, the there's certain seasons here that'd be really nice to work outside. That's something that we're we're kind of working towards. We like we would love to have some outdoor working space. I think it was in Portugal I had that. So half the working was outside uh, in the big uh, courtyard, and half was inside an old house with so many seats it could have, and it was getting full at some point, and everybody was outside because on big banks and stuff like that. So, oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it was very barbecue-ish kind of cooking. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I love that. No, it was good with a lot of plants and stuff like that. 
I love plants. Uh, so that's today. What about the future? Well, we already talked about that. Maybe a new space, uh, maybe a new project, but do you have something something else you'd like to do? Yeah, it's, it's actually really exciting for me to talk about. I've been spending most of my time talking about the new project, yes. so I'm really excited about it. So um, Kernville Cowork, uh, we are a for-profit, um, and we started as um, in, in the United States as an LLC, a limited liability company, which mm -hmm. is like the simplest for-profit you can have. Um, and we we've always we built the co-working space for a mission because there's change we wanted to see in the community, but we didn't start a nonprofit because of just the overhead that it takes to get it set up and it takes to run it mm. and all that. We and we weren't even sure like nobody was doing rural co-working, nobody nobody in in our area had heard about it, so we didn't know if it was going to work. Yeah, so, so it was a lot of administrative and legal burden, so you chose the easy, fast option to try it out. Yes. Mm. So and, and so we've been doing this for about six years. We've seen the impact it can have on our local economy. We've seen the impact it can have on small mm -hmm. businesses and startups, um, uh, for entrepreneurs, for um, uh, solopreneurs, it's a really great resource. So we've uh, we've created a nonprofit. The name of the nonprofit is Sierra Shared Spaces. And what we're looking to do is to take this model of rural co-working um, that has been working out for us. And we want to first scale it up a bit because our space here is just much, much too small to be uh, uh, sustainable, um, especially if you're taking other communities. And then we also want to take it to other communities. Um, so the first step is we're we're building a community hub um, on the other side of Lake Isabella, which from here is about a 20-minute drive, and um, that is is going to uh, have a lot more. Um, elements incorporated into it because in a small town we don't we don't get a lot of resources we don't have access to a lot of um, resources the big cities are going to have and so rather than just focusing on it as a co-working space we wanted to encompass a lot of the other needs that the community has so we'll have the shared co open co-working space we'll have the private offices um, we'll have some anchor tenants that are going to um, help subsidize the whole thing um, organizations that impact our area, but currently don't have a footprint here. And so we mm -hmm. want them to bring their offices here, bring bring some jobs here. Mm -hmm. And then we're looking at what else we can have. We want to have a large, well-lit uh, event center with natural light, which is something we don't have up here. Yeah. Uh, we want to bring in, uh, we're looking at a shared commercial kitchens for food startups and for cooking classes. We're talking about wow. video, product, video production space, artist studios, a community garden. Um, a lot of training rooms for uh, for job training, career training. Um, we're looking at bringing a lot in, and so that's our our big project we're working on right now. Um, yeah. So so we've created a startup. We're we're working on some grant funding. We're working on finding some some corporate sponsors. So if there's anybody that's interested in joining us, the name of the nonprofit Sierra Shared Spaces. We're in the planning phase right now. Um, and I think this is going to be an excellent model that we can take to other rural communities and, and help them kind of figure out how to do a different style of community-led economic development that um, we're not seeing a lot of, uh, at least here in the States. 
Yeah, yeah, that's really amazing. I'm thinking because if you open co-working, not to just office work, but as you were saying, some kind of lab, some kind of kitchen, some kind of studio that could work for a lot of different uh, industries. And you might uh, partner with other communities or government or nonprofit mm -hmm. or all kind of different organizations, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it's a really exciting time, really exciting place. Um, for those uh, for those that end up following us on uh, LinkedIn, um, it looks a little bit strange right now because we're doing a, uh, a community fundraiser right now. And it's um, it's actually a fundraiser that's been it's a, been an annual tradition now for, I think, over 60 years. Uh, they've been doing this fundraiser. So we're, we've joined this fundraiser uh, mm -hmm. in. Um, it's called the Whiskey Flat uh, Mayor Campaign, and uh, we're we're raising money for the the community hub. But as part of that, I'm I'm getting in crazy costume, or I'm 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 in character as an old old west miner, gold miner, and um, doing crazy things like gold cold plunges and stuff to try and raise money for this project. So yeah, it can be very fun in the end. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun. No, no, that's great. That's great. I'm thinking hmm, you were talking about maybe one last question because before we, we wrap it up a bit. Uh, you were talking about how small the space is and it's different than big spaces in the cities, right? I think we talked about it before and you were saying you're managing the space part-time, something like that. So you have your main job and then you have the space. Absolutely. And so for the last six years, for the most part, there's, there's been a, a, mm -hmm. a couple of instances where we've been able to have an intern or, uh, or a part-time uh, part help. But for the most part, um, I've been a web developer. I've been working uh, as a, a project manager of sorts. Um, and then just managing the space while I'm here. Uh, for a fairly small space, I can still give tours and, and, and manage the members. And the members really help keep the space clean and, and keep it running. Um, but, uh, it, it, it is a totally different, um, it is a totally different style. I, I hate to use the word business model because we're, you know, co-working as a business model isn't really what mm. we're focused on. We're focused on, on co-working as the movement or as a verb. Um, but it is, it is very different. And so, um, that's another reason for wanting to really scale up is that, um, mm -hmm. it's really hard to make the economics work uh, in such a small scale. Um, and mm -hmm. and we're, we're having to be really creative. You know, we're creative with events, we're creative with um, virtual mailbox programs, with uh, some other revenue sources. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, um, if we really want this thing to be viable long-term, then we need to be able to have full-time staff. And so we need to, we need to go a little mm -hmm. bit bigger. Um, I think, uh, like I mentioned, we're at 1,300 square feet. Um, if we, I, I, if I was to start over again, I don't think I would, even in a small town, I think I would probably try and find a space of about 4,000 square feet um, mm -hmm. just to, just to make it um, a little bit more viable. And so that we could um, mm -hmm. have enough revenue to be able to you know pay for some employees or at least. Yeah. Some so this minimum size you believe uh, to be sustainable and to be able to have enough members and yeah and it's in every community is different mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. 
it also depends on if you're able to find a landlord that's willing to work with you. Um, you know, if, if uh, assuming that the rent is a yeah. large part of your your expenses, but um, for for us and and which where we're at currently, um, and kind of the the rent in this area, it, about four thousand is about uh, about where we would need to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, it's pretty amazing. I've seen so many co-working space where members did not clean the run and the piles of cutlery and plates and cups was going high and high and high in the kitchen. And they try all kinds of things to uh, not say discipline people, but try to show a bit more respect to everybody. But when you have a bigger size uh, space, maybe it's more difficult. So that's one of the, uh, the perks of having a small, oh, absolutely. small space with everybody is involved actually in the project. Hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 really easy to uh, to get to know the people you're working with and, and mm-hmm. become friends. Um, and mm. sometimes in a larger space, you can walk in, and the other people that are there may may, you know, if obviously the you know if there's a good community manager there, they're going to greet you and they're going to make you uh, you know part of what's happening. But it's easy to walk in and not really know who else in there is like a regular or who's just visiting and and it may not be easy to make those connections, but here, if uh, one of our members sees somebody they don't recognize, they'll come up and introduce themselves, and they'll get to know them. And yeah. it's you get that fall, you get that small town feel. That that's one of the reasons that people love these small towns is that yeah, you can have those personal connections, and I love that we're able to translate that into the co-working space as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's good. It remembers me one one co-working space where I've been and I had one big table in the kitchen where everybody would have lunch together. And they didn't have lunch at the same time they used to, but when it was time for lunch, they were getting up and saying, you want something? And they were all getting something somewhere mm-hmm. and just staggered around. And it was in Sweden, a country that's uh, reputed to be a bit cold. And uh, I felt very, very, very welcome there because it was a small town. We were about 10 regular and maybe 20 in total. And everybody mm-hmm. knew each other. Everybody had lunch with each other. It was yeah. obvious things. So you were invited yeah. over, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and that's I, I think that's one of the, the reasons we picked the spot that we, we did is because we wanted to... Um, we wanted lunch spots to be within walking distance so that we could say, mm-hmm. you know, oh, hey, like there's, you know, it, maybe in the middle of the summer, we've got, you know, six regulars and then we've got like 10, you know, visitors like, hey, let's all go out to lunch and get to know, like, let's let's get to know some of these people. And all of a sudden yeah. they feel it's fun to see people walk in expecting just to work on their laptop for a bit. And then all of a sudden, like they get invited out to lunch and we have great conversations and they come back and by the end of the day, they feel like they're a local even though um, like they're it's their first day mm-hmm. it's their first day in town and they they feel connected to people they feel like oh well now i know the person that owns a lodge over here and i know the person that does this and and they introduced us to the the guy that owns the the burger shop that we went and ate at like now now they have connections to this town that they never really expected to have they just expected to be able to take their you know the conference calls that they really needed to take so it's it's, it's always fun to see that um, that shift happen and it's a yeah. little bit of surprise for some people and that's i i, mm-hmm. I love that i get so much out of that Mm. And it's just not everywhere. I've been in other spaces where it was a bit more informal and some people maybe look for that, you know. So it's something very special, I believe. Mm. That's the name of the podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah. Saying. 
Well, uh, we're going at the end. Just before we're closing, uh, I wanted to ask you if there's one last thing you wanted to talk about and we didn't have the chance to. Yeah. Um, man, we covered so much good stuff. Um, I think right now, um, mm-hmm. right now, our our, our biggest um, push is is really getting through the planning phase on this community hub, and so mm-hmm. um, uh, we've we've got a donation link on our website for the nonprofit, which which is SierraShare.space, um, and I can share that in the uh, in the chat, um, and we love support. Uh, obviously, financial support is fantastic, but if anybody else wants to uh, get involved and join and, and help us kind of figure out how we do this new style of community-led economic development, um, I'd love to partner with uh, anybody that's interested. Um, and uh, we've, uh, for the next two weeks, we're running this other uh, fundraiser, so we've got to go fund me up for that one, um, and I can, uh, I can uh, if you go to our, again, sierrashare.space, you can find those links. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the main thing is, is just, um, you know, we're in this new, we're in this new age of work. Everything about work is changing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think everybody's looking for this like work-life balance. Mm. And I, I, I can't think of a better way of getting that work-life balance than like right now I could, like I said, I could walk, I could walk across the street and go put my feet in the river. Um, and there's something about that that is really, really, um, just healing. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and it helps kind of, you know, um, just, it it creates a more healthy, healthy atmosphere for us. So I'd love to just continue that conversation. Anybody, uh, wants to reach out, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Justin Powers on LinkedIn and, uh, feel free to email me, Justin at KernvilleCowork.com. Yeah, I guess that's the best way to contact you uh, at those links uh, in the comments. So that's very easy to find. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Justin. It was wonderful to talk about all uh, their, your unique awesomeness. That's that's really why I'm doing this podcast. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you for bringing me on. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye.